talking Illinois high school football. If your goals are as high as you talk about, tonight's the night you go out and just take one more step. It's a view from the West. And it starts right now! Welcome to View from the West podcast. Once again, I'm joined by Mitch Stormer. Mitch, we're recapping week five and we're moving into week six. This is the end of the season, but some teams have already wrapped up the spring. So the end is not near. It's it's here for some teams. Yeah, like you said, uh, for some teams, they are they are done. Uh, some teams might even finish even before this week. So, yeah, the end of the road for some teams. But uh, what a what a great job it was by everyone involved. So uh, another week of, of exciting football for sure. Absolutely. We are not done. We still have plenty to talk about. This has been this has been a really exciting, a really fun spring football season. Never thought I'd say that five, six right. weeks ago or, you know, seven weeks ago. But here we are. It's yeah. been Really interesting. Tons of storylines, tons of things to talk about. We'll jump right in in a second, but I want to thank everybody for listening. Mitch, did you know last week, I believe, was our most listened to episode yet? So we're we're only getting better as the shows go. I hope yeah, at least. I hope we're peaking. Yeah, we're peaking at a bad time, but at least I'm happy that we're we're peaking here uh, and people are enjoying it because we're having uh, we're having a lot of fun doing it. Yeah, it's been a ton of fun. So thank you so much to everybody who listens. Go out and download them, subscribe, and listen in every week. We'll keep the podcast going into this off season. Um, we may transition to an every other week scenario, but um, we'll definitely keep the conversation going because it's it's going to go quick. It's going to go summer, and then it's going to go into the fall again, which is really exciting for high school football fans, for me and you being high school yep. football fans who like to talk about it. Follow along on Twitter, at ViewFromWestPod. You can email the show, viewfromwestpod at gmail.com. You can also find us on YouTube. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube. You just search View From The West Podcast. Mitch, searching and finding us on YouTube, that's the best way to watch our UniView Power Rankings. We've gone through, if you haven't heard, if you haven't seen them, go out to YouTube and check them out. We rank all the uniforms in all the different conferences throughout the western side of the state. And YouTube is the best way to get the visual aid. Am I right? Yeah, that's right. Especially uh, since we still have more uni uni uh, talk left in the season still, um, and and even some updated pictures for some teams. So uh, yeah, you're definitely going to want to utilize YouTube when we get to that episode uh, to really get uh, the visuals of the craziness that we might uh, it, that we might talk about. That's right. That's right. It is definitely craziness. I, I will admit that we are uniform nerds. I mean, yeah. maybe. Maybe we're uniform experts, but we're certainly nerdy about it, but that's okay. Right. Hopefully yep. that's what people uh, tune in and listen for. And Mitch, you teased it a little bit there. We still have our overall power rankings, where we're going to take every team that we've kind of listed in our, you know, top three of each conference and put them into a top 10. That'll come, you know, in a couple of weeks after the season gets over and we, you know, we need some content. We need something to talk yeah. about. So we'll, yep. we'll start talking uniforms again at that point. But right now we still have some football to talk about on the field. Mitch, we start with our viewpoints from week five. It's the storylines, it's the stats, it's the players, the teams that stood out to us. Where's your first viewpoint from week number five? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to start with a familiar name uh, with a familiar team uh, to the podcast, and that's United Township. And it's a, a running back that we talk about just about every week. It's Kane Smith, who once again just put on a performance for the season. 277 yards, tied a big a Western big six single game record with six touchdowns goes over a thousand yards, a tremendous week that we'll, we'll talk about here in a minute. Uh, but uh, my first viewpoint goes to Kane Smith at UT. Yeah. His performance was awesome. That, that there's no other way to describe it. It's awesome. Yeah. We'll talk so much more about United township and what they're doing and kind of just the historical significance, uh, you know, of what they're doing yeah. and, you know, put in context of recent years. So it's just great. Um, I'm staying in the Western big six. And I'm going to Sterling. And, you know, Mitch, when you look at great programs, the great programs, they have the next man up mentality. And it's either it's year in and year out, or sometimes it's game in and game out. For Sterling, the next man up had to happen this week. They were without their quarterback. Insert Kale Ryan, sophomore Kale Ryan. He yeah. leads an amazing double-digit comeback with four touchdowns. Just an amazing win for Sterling over Moline. We'll get more into the details on that game, but it's just, man, every year there seems like there's a new name for Sterling and it's at that quarterback position. They have such talent at quarterback year in and year out. 
So I, I just, I have to give a shout out to Kale Ryan for his effort as a sophomore leading that Sterling team. What a win. Mitch, where are you going next? I'm going to go to uh, more recent, I would say, becoming more recent friends of the pod. Our friends up at Dupec, they've got a receiver uh, slash cornerback DB, Gabe Howard. And let me let me try and get through this laundry list of stats that he had. If I can, if I have it all together, I want to make sure I have it right. A monster I'm ready. day for the monster day for the Rivermen. He has five receptions for over 150 yards, three touchdowns. One of them I'll talk about specifically when we get to that game. So three touchdowns receiving. He has a punt return touchdown. He has a fumble recovery, and he has five tackles on the other side of the ball. So Dupac continues to roll. Uh, Gabe Howard, monster day, monster uh, monster performance. So uh, my second viewpoint goes to, uh, to Gabe Howard. I had two things in there. First, I love the Iron Man mentality that you get out right. of these smaller school conferences. I love right. when yeah. you get right. that, man, that just they're going both ways and they're performing every every play on the field. I, that's awesome. And also for Dupec to see so many different names each week that right. we're bringing up, that's a great sign for that program. Yeah, well, and you said it right um, in that conference because the NUIC has a lot of players like that. So Gabe Howard, another example of that. Great, great job by him this week. My next viewpoint, Mitch, I'm going with Sherrard, the Sherrard Tigers. And I'm not sure that either one of us had Sherrard pegged as a team that we would really talk about or really dive into before this spring season started. They knock off rival Orion 13-7 this week. That means they end their spring season at 3-1. and Mitch, that's a sneaky three wins for the Sherrard Tigers. And for this program, that's huge. They haven't had three wins or more going back several years. So in a shortened season to go three and one, that's significant. Congrats to those seniors and congrats to that program for making something happen in this, in this opportunity that was a spring season. I I think that's a great effort by them. Yeah. We've, we've kind of mentioned things like that or themes like that this whole, this whole season, you wanted to see that sort of effort from teams. Um, So whoever it was, you want to see that because if they're not going to be playing for anything more than pride, uh, you might as well win. And Sherrard really did a good job of that this year. Yep. Mitch, number three, is it your third viewpoint here? It is. And I'm, I'm staying in the conference. I'm staying in the track, maybe on, on the other side of, of the spectrum in terms of teams that we've talked about, but it's Princeton. It's the Princeton Tigers. What, what more can you say that hasn't been said, but now they knock off Newman. So depending on what, what polls that you look at or what polls matter, um, They've now knocked off two number one teams in different classes this season. And I don't know how rare that is. Obviously they're the bigger school than both teams that they beat, but that's still not an insignificant task. So congrats to the Tigers, a big win over Newman. We'll get to that here uh, when we get to the track, but uh, they are my number three viewpoint. Not only number one teams in the state, but both defending state champions. Right. Good call. Yeah. Great call. Yeah, defending state champion from class 1A and Sterling Newman defending state champion from class 2A. So regardless of what season it is or, you know, kind of what the parameters are, that doesn't happen very often. That that's a that's a big one. Congratulations to the Tigers. We have plenty more to talk about when it comes to Princeton and the Three Rivers Conference. So we'll move along. but We'll definitely get back to them. My third viewpoint, I'm going with the image of Colton Quagliano diving, going completely airborne and getting helicoptered around all in an effort to keep a drive going for Anawan Weathersfield to keep the clock moving and to seal the victory against Mercer County. Credit to Troy Taylor from the Kiwani Star Courier. He had the photo. We retweeted it on our Twitter account. If you go check that out, it's an amazing photo. And to me, it's kind of, that's the image of Colton Quagliano, just giving it his all. It's It's awesome. And when I read the article, think John Elway in the Super Bowl, launching himself and getting helicoptered around and spun around just that all out effort. I love it. It's, it's so much fun to see and to read about. That's, that's great. Congratulations to Anwan Weathersfield on the win. We'll get more into that, but first Mitch, let's dive into the recaps. We always start with the Western big six and man, there was a good one between Mm -hmm. Sterling and Moline and maybe it didn't look like it was going to be a good one early. Sterling fell behind 27 to six. They were down in the middle of the second quarter, but before we get there, so they're down that much in the middle of the first half, we got to go back 
early Friday afternoon, Sterling finds out that they will be short four or five starters that were unavailable because of COVID protocols. Uh, moving ahead, I'm assuming they're going to be unavailable next week too. I, I don't know that for sure. But either way, significant losses for Sterling. Um, I believe a quarterback, their starting quarterback was out. I think they had a couple players that played both offense and defense that were out, uh, a wide receiver. So needless to say, that's not what you, that's not the news you want to hear when you're yep. headed out on a road trip on a Friday night in the Western Big Six. They find themselves down 27 to six. Credit to Moline. They pounced, man. They jumped out early. We'll get into them in a minute. They, they are such a dangerous offense and they're going to be dangerous again next year in the fall too, because yep. they got some guys coming back. Sterling grabbed its first lead in the third quarter when they went on an 88-yard scoring drive. Deshaun Howard had runs of 29 and 33 yards, and Ryan finished it off. Kale Ryan finishes off with a seven-yard scoring run. Kale Ryan, like we talked about, stepped in at quarterback. He's a sophomore, and, man, he looked real comfortable real quick. He scores four touchdowns on the night total to lead this comeback. Credit to Moline. They weren't done, though. Alec Ponder led a 70-yard scoring drive. He had a touchdown pass to Matthew Bailey. That gave the Maroons a 34-28 lead with 9.20 left. Ponder finished with 299 yards and four touchdowns. Jaheim Thornton went for 144 yards receiving. Matthew Bailey had 121 yards receiving. The things they're doing through the air in Moline this year – and what they're going to do, I'm confident, again, next year because they have Ponder back and they have Bailey back. That's firepower, man. That is a lot of explosiveness. So anyway, the Maroons had the 34-28 lead. Sterling then goes on a 90-yard drive entirely on the ground. So talk about the complete contrast to what you just yep. saw through Moline. They go all the way on the ground. Kale Ryan, like we've talked about, finishes it off. With the tying touchdown, they go in. He runs it in for a two-point conversion. That gives him the 36-34 to 34 lead. Man, just listening to the Sterling broadcast and yeah. hearing you know Spencer and Matt Gingrich talk about this game, those guys have been covering Sterling football for a long time, and they were putting it up there as one of the all-time Sterling comebacks because of yeah. the situation they were put in, because of the players they were down, and because of the deficit in that game. I mean, who am I to deny them? They, they, they know right. far more about Sterling football than I do. <laughs> yeah, but right. what, what a win for Sterling. What a gutty performance. And just, I mean, that's what great programs do. They find players mm-hmm. to step up. Kale Ryan is that player this, this week who stepped up. And the program finds ways to win. Congratulations to John Schlemmer and the Golden Warriors. Yeah, let me, let me start by apologizing to Moline. Because I'm pretty sure I jinxed this. Because, yes, you absolutely did. Yes, you did. <laughs> uh, I texted you. You were out and about, so you weren't you weren't in on the no. I think I texted you when it was it was either twenty one to six or twenty seven to six. You texted and me and it said, was twenty seven to six. Moline and yeah, I think I just said Moline and some eye emojis, and then you texted me like twenty <laughs> minutes later, and Sterling had come back. Uh, so my apologies to the Maroons. But when we talked about the Sterling game last week when they played Rocky and we made mention of, I think it was like they controlled like 63 of the 90 minutes of the game or something. And when you can do that, you're going to be able to put together those 90 yard drives at the end of a game. Your team is conditioned to do things like that. So yeah, all the credit in the world to Moline for And look, they're having a down year in the win column, but their performances certainly haven't been bad. And this is another example of that, but Sterling, no quit, no fight. The comeback from, like you said, a couple players down. So uh, undefeated Sterling still, uh, you know, just continuing from their success from last year. So, yeah, an all-around just terrific game. Uh, probably the game of the year in that conference so far. So, yeah, uh, it was awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was great. So now looking down the list, we're going to United Township beating Galesburg 50-36. to 36. That's Sterling's next opponent. We'll get to that in a minute. Sterling next has to take on United Township. Yep. UT, man, they just keep it rolling. They defeat Galesburg 50-36. Like you said in your viewpoint, Panthers once again led by Kane Smith, 277 yards rushing, ties a Western Big Six record with six rushing touchdowns. This Panther team, man, they're they're for real, and it's yeah. it's been fun to watch. 
yeah, that's that's what three in a row now for UT. Yep. Um, yep. And after after not winning one game in the conference, I think it was like thirty one hundred days or something like that. Whatever whatever that was that we said a couple weeks ago. So again, credit to Nick Welsh and his entire entire team. It's not just Kane Smith. Obviously, he's he gets the the numbers, but that's a whole offense and a whole defense and a whole special teams that get them to where they are right now. Um, yeah, they they had not won three games in a season, Big Six otherwise in. 17 18 years so yeah you know the the bad records or the bad streaks that the uh the the panthers were on i should say are are out the window they're gone because this team's back yeah and i think it's it's just fun to know that like you know for as long as this season was in limbo and we didn't know if it was going to happen and even when it got announced it's like well what does it really mean you know there's no playoffs i tell you what don't tell anybody you can't convince anybody in united township right now that this wasn't worth going out and doing Holy cow, forget playoffs. You're turning around a program right now. I mean, you've yeah. completely changed a mindset, hopefully, for any kids watching who are sophomores, freshmen, even down into the junior high level. Like, look at what they're doing. They're creating so much buzz that it's totally worth it to, you know, to be involved this mm-hmm. spring, regardless of what the scenario is. Um, just an awesome effort for them. Uh, let's keep moving down. Another great effort, Geneseo's defense. They are making a name for themselves. Yep. They make a huge statement this week, last week, I should say. They get the win 23-15 over Rock Island. Rock Island went up 7 to nothing. They scored first. Geneseo then scored on each of its first five possessions in the first half. So you talk about being efficient and getting down the field and just getting anything you can out of a drive with a defense like Geneseo has, that's a key to success. That's, that's big time. And three of those um, were first half field goals by Hunter Clark Holke, along with a pair of touchdowns. So give him credit, just chipping away. You know, it's not the home run ball every time to score seven, but just chip away and put points on the board. And that's what they did. You know, once again, Bruce Moore, another great effort from him. Mitch, what do you see in this Geneseo team? Yeah, it's kind of the same things that we keep talking about with with UT, Um, a team that just, maybe they were figuring things out the first couple of weeks. We've talked about Geneseo just about every week that they're installing a new offense and it continues to impress and it continues to work out for them. But really, like you just said, it's their defense. Um, stopping rock Island who was stopped last week by Sterling, maybe Geneseo kind of saw the blueprint and how to do that. And you know, what helps there is like you said, when Bruce Moore carries the ball 48 times, 48 for times for 150 yards, you know, that's three yards a clip. It's going to wear you down and it's going to control the clock. So yeah, that's what you need to do against team rock against rock Island. Geneseo saw Sterling do it. Then they did it themselves. So uh, yeah, great job by Geneseo. Cause they continue to, uh, to move up that win column. Yeah. That's what, I, yeah. 48 times carrying the ball. That's what I think is interesting is that they still had a couple, I believe passing touchdowns as well, but there's a balance there. And I yeah. think that head coach Larry Johnson jr. Knows that with a defense like they have, if you can get a lead and chip away like they did with some field goals, man, just ride that horse, man. Go with Bruce Moore. He's been a beast. He's been getting the job done. And, man, it keeps the chains moving. It keeps the clock moving. And there you go. It keeps keeps, uh, Eli Reese and that offense off the field. So that's what you need to do. Absolutely. Absolutely it does. All right, the last game in the Western Big Six, this past week, Alleman gets the win 16-13 to 13 over Quincy. This was a good game. Obviously, a three-point uh, de- deciding factor. Late in the game, Alleman goes 86 yards to take the lead. Senior quarterback Zach Carpita leads the way. He scores from six yards out. And then it was senior C.J. Tarana's. I love this play. He's playing yeah. with a cast on his right hand because he has torn tendons in his fingers. He makes an open field tackle on Quincy's quarterback on a fourth down play in Alleman territory. And that was it. That sealed the win for him. So talk about a huge effort from a senior yep. who's yep. playing hurt, giving it his all. Congratulations to Alleman. Congratulations to that senior, you know, CJ Tarana's what an effort. Yeah. Uh, again, things that we've talked about that we wanted to see this spring and, and each team that we talk about seemingly always has a performance like that. So yeah, credit to everyone and credit to Alleman, you know, they, they came back um, really in this season. They, they, they've been up and down and to, to beat Quincy is, is not easy. So uh, yeah, 
great win for them. All right, bitch. Before we move down the way to recap the other conferences, let's look at the matchups in the Western Big yeah. Six for week number six, the final week, the finale, the big one, United Township at yep. Sterling. I think, man, what stands out to me is that, you know, Sterling comes in off a huge win, but they're reeling a little bit. They got some guys who are banged up. They got yep. some guys potentially who are sitting out because of some COVID protocols. So, I mean, they're, you know, they're up against it here. On the flip side, United Township has as much momentum as I've seen in any football team in several yep. years. I mean, there, yep. there's just so much riding into this game for United Township. What do you see in this matchup? Yeah, like, like you said, Ken, a battle of two rushing teams, more or less. So who's going to have the ball at the end of the game, really? Um, and I guess de facto, if I'm remembering the standings right, Sterling is, is probably the quote-unquote champion of the conference again. Am I right? They have not lost yet. Um, right, and Rocky's, and Rocky's lost twice. Correct, UT's, yeah. UT's lost twice. Unless I'm really, I, I think, like yeah, it's a fact, quote unquote, they're, yep. the, they're the champs. So, so yeah, this is a chance for for one Sterling to go undefeated six and zero, and again claim top spot. However, you want to do that, or it's UT's chance again to play spoiler and to really bring momentum going into the fall season, getting a statement win at Sterling in the final game of the year, and saying, "Here we are. We'll see you in five months." Yeah, absolutely. I think um, you know. Can Sterling's defense do what they did, you know, two weeks ago against Rock Island and really, you know, stifle that Rock Island offense? You know, they gave up some points against that high-powered passing in Moline. So, you know, but they got the job done, obviously, like we talked about. They came away with the win. I think that that should be a good game. Um, How do you stop Kane Smith? What what do you do? I I don't know. That's the task for Sterling. yeah, if Sterling gets in, into a similar hole that they were in this week, if they're down 21-6 to UT, I don't know how you come back from that because UT is just going to control that ball. So, yep. yeah, uh, uh, fewer games this week, so clearly that's one of the, the matchups of the week for us. Yep, that's that's a big one. Uh, moving down the way, I think the next one to look at, and this is a game that, man, I wouldn't have had circled as a marquee game a few weeks ago, but yeah. Moline and Geneseo. I think we've seen so much from Geneseo in the past two weeks, three weeks that it's, I want to see them, you know, I want to see them again in this, in this week six. And I want to see them tested against this high powered Moline offense. Moline's going to go to the air. They're going to pass the ball a lot. Can you stop them on the flip side? Can Bruce Moore run the ball 60 (laughs) times to keep the ball out of Moline's hands? Yeah. Right. Um, Matchups aside. That's going to look great. Two great <laughs> uniforms there. Uh, just just got to throw that out there because I think both those teams were uh, were two of our favorites. So, Absolutely, yes. Uh, so, yeah, you know, uh, uh, and again, in the Western Big Six, if I'm not mis- mistaken, all eight teams are going to get all six games in, and I don't think any other conference had that sort of success rate. Yep. Um, so kudos to everyone for, you know, if, if some teams missed some players due to protocols, but for the most part, everyone kind of stayed healthy, so that's the most uh, important thing. Um, so yeah, can Moline get a, get a win, you know, to, to, to cap off, maybe not so good of a spring that they were looking for. Obviously they've got some younger players. Um, can they get somewhat of a signature win? I would say at this point, I think Geneseo's earned that and can Geneseo cap off a great spring and keep that momentum going into the, uh, into the fall as well. Yeah. I think if you're Moline, I think if you're head coach, Mike Morrissey, I think just the amount of productivity you've seen from that offense and knowing that those players are coming back. Yeah, man. I think you, you kind of throw the record out. Don't worry about the record, especially yeah. considering look at the way they lost to Alleman. I mean, that was a freak, you know, fumble scoop yeah. and score with a minute left in the game and it went into overtime and Alleman was able to come away with the win credit to Alleman. I'm not taking right. anything away from them, but that's a win that Moline essentially had and they, they, they gave it away, you know? So yeah. I think, throw the records out the window and know that Moline's a better football team than that record indicates. And Geneseo is proving that, you know, they're a good football team when they were sitting at 0-2. They're much better than the 0-2 football team that we, yeah. you know, we're talking about several weeks back. So yep. that one's, you know, one to, I'm interested to see how that one ends. And, you know, we'll keep moving down the list here. Alleman goes to Galesburg to wrap up the regular season and Rock Island tries to keep things going, tries to right the ship. 
to end the against Quincy. They go on the road trip to Quincy. I think overall, Mitch, I'm just excited to watch this week six. But then more yeah. importantly, there are so many storylines and interesting little, you know, factors heading into next season, heading into the fall in the Western Big Six. This this division is going to be as wide open as it has yeah. been in several years. It's going to be really exciting football. Yeah, you can see, and I, I don't want to narrow it down to any, any number of teams, but really all eight have a legitimate shot to say that they could be that top dog come fall because they've all shown signs of it. Um, you know, some teams may more than others, but that goes back to maybe not taking as much stock in some teams here in the spring session because you don't know what they're going through. You don't know what they're trying to do. But yeah, this this will be an, an incredibly competitive conference come fall. Yeah, I just look back at, you know, week in and week out, depending on the results, we've talked up almost every team in the conference. And it's not just talk. I mean, I think we've legitimately believed what these teams are doing and think they're doing yeah. really good things because they are. So that's what I'm saying is that I think there's just so much talent spread across this league and it's a lot of it's coming back. And that that's really exciting. Yep. Mitch, speaking of a lot of talent, let's move into the three rivers athletic conference. You like that segue? That's yeah, that's that a was, broadcast. That was, segue beautiful. That, that, was that, that was as beautiful as a Princeton offense. I'll, that's I'll, right. I'll, lead, I'll lead us in that way. That's the segue. Princeton gets the win over Newman 28, 14. This was one of the most talked about matchups before the year started and it yeah. lived up to the billing you know, Tigers get the win, like I said, 28-14. They, you know, win, like we've talked about, over their second defending state champion. They beat Lena Winslow in week one. Now to get the win over the 2A state champion, Comets. And let's make no mistake about it, this was a revenge game for the Princeton Tigers. Yeah. In 2019, they blew a 21-10 halftime lead to Newman and lost 25-21. So they were easily motivated to erase that memory and, yep. and they got the job done. Senior quarterback, Tyler Gibson threw for two touchdowns. He ran for another touchdown that gave Princeton the lead with about eight minutes left. That would go on to be the difference. Sophomore quarterback. Well, I shouldn't even say quarterback because he's a wide receiver too. He plays a little bit yep. everywhere. Sophomore Tegan Davis added a game clinching score. He went 54 yards on a quarterback keeper that was what made it the deciding factor of 28 to 14. That was with about two minutes left. Like I said, Tegan Davis also had a touchdown reception. Man, that's a kid I can't wait to watch next year and yeah. the year after that. Yeah, and, you know, looking through the notes on this game, we didn't even mention Rondé Worlds. I don't know if he if he played or not, but regardless if he did or if he didn't, it shows just how deep Princeton is and what they can do and in really different ways that they can win. And not only ways that they can win, win against really good teams and beat a team like Newman, uh, you know, by two scores. So, yeah, uh, a great, a continued, just great season for Princeton, a team that we've just talked about that they have just been so close, uh, you know, so many times. And it's unfortunate that this team might not get to, to make that statement, but yeah. now they're going to go into a game that, that Coach Pearson calls maybe a, a state championship preview when they play Fulton next week. And that is another game that we'll get into because that game should be just awesome. I love it. Yes. After the game, head coach Ryan Pearson of Princeton said that the Tigers won their quote semifinal game next week. They'll play for the state championship. Yeah. So I love it because they're going up against an undefeated Fulton team. So why not have some fun with it? Make it, right. make it all that it can be, you know, as a week six finale in this spring season. I think that's great. So speaking of Fulton, they get the huge win. 49 to six over Monmouth Roseville. They just continue to impress Kyler Pessman, three more touchdowns in this game. Just another huge effort that sets up the monster showdown in the three rivers, Newman and Fulton, man, what, what do you think? You know, we'll get to the, you know, all the matchups in a minute, but what do you think about that one? Just as first, you know, gut reaction. Yeah. Well, looking, yeah. Thinking back on Fulton season, just off the top of my head, they played four games. They've been over 40 every time. And I don't think they've given up more than six <laughs> or seven. So yeah, a Kyler Pessman, Connor Barnett, a slew of other players on both sides of the ball really have Fulton. I don't, I don't know what they're up to in the rankings, but yeah, a state championship contender for sure in that, in that uh, division, I should say. And maybe a team that hasn't been as good in recent years. And now they get to show if they can go up against the Princeton team and give them a game, if they can win it and then 
so, you know, quote unquote, win the, the conference outright or win the state championship, as uh, uh, Coach Pearson says, that'll really put Fulton, um, you know, in, in the eyes of a lot of people. I don't know how much they bring back. I don't think Connor Burnett comes back. I'm not sure about Kyler Pessman. So they're making the most out of this this uh, this spring season. And yeah, that type of offense against Princeton's offense, uh, those two defenses going up against each other. Yeah, a, a game of the year contender, really. Yeah. You know, when you look back at Fulton, I think over recent years, you could say they've been good. Yeah. They've been really good, but they've never pushed to like that elite status. You know, they've had playoff runs, but they've never made like that big quarter semifinal run. And it's yeah. a shame that this team with, like you said, with the numbers they've been putting up and the numbers they've been holding teams to, it's a shame right. this team won't get a chance to have that run. But I think that they got everything they could ask for in a week six matchup against Princeton. I think if you're yeah. as good as Fulton is right now, that's what you want. You want to test yourself in this week six. And for those seniors, man, there'd be no better way to go out for them than to get a win over a team like Princeton. That's had all the headlines. They've been talked about a lot. So that's yeah. a really intriguing matchup. We'll move down the way a little bit. Morrison gets the 38 to six win over Erie Prophetstown. Congratulations to the Morrison Mustangs. They come away with the win. That's, that will end their season. They end the yep. season at two and three. And when you look at it, they, that may seem disappointing, but you think about the opponents they lost to Mitch. It's teams we've just been talking about. They mm -hmm. lost to Newman. They lost to Fulton and they lost to rock Ridge. who We'll get into their game in a minute here. I mean, that is, that's a gauntlet this year. Those teams have been so good. So credit to Morrison. They, they pulled through, I'm glad this group could go out on a high note after what yeah. they've done, you know, going back to 2018 or 2019. Right. Yeah. And I, we, I think we talked about it last week. I, their numbers are down. I think they've only got 18 or 19 kids. And so when you, when you look at those three losses, then you look at who they lost to Newman, Rockridge and Fulton, like you said, and they have a combined one loss, you know? Um, yeah. You, you, you don't take too much into that especially, like I said, when you have numbers the way Morrison does. So kudos to them, you know, congrats on getting that final win. Um, and, and like you said, those seniors who did so well in, in 20, uh, 2019, making it all the way to the quarters, um, undefeated season and going all the way to the quarters. Um, so yeah, congrats to Morrison and uh, we'll hope, uh, hope they're bouncing back uh, in the fall. Yeah. I believe I read that they had five seniors this year and, you know, I got a shout out um, senior quarterback, Nathan Helms, he led the way for him in 2019 and also TC Ottens was a big target for him um, back in 19 and, and again this year. So, you know, credit to that credit to them and all those Morrison seniors. Cause you know, they, they had the tough task of really flipping that program because that program yeah. had been, you know, down and out, they were struggling. And so to battle through the numbers issues this year and to come away with the win at the end, you know, credit to them. And, you know, that'll wrap up their season. Um, Hopefully Coach Otting can, you know, keep things moving and keep that momentum building in that program. Looking down the way, speaking of building momentum, Sherrard, like we talked about, they get the 13 to seven win. It's their final game of the spring and they win over their rival. You know, they get the win. They go three and one on this spring season. Yeah. Another, another big game, uh, another nice game for their quarterback, Eli Bernier. This is, a, I think you mentioned in your, in your viewpoint, this is a team that has 14 seniors and what a better way for them to go out than one, to get your first win over Oregon in the regular season in, I can't do the math, but since 2009. <laughs> yep. Um, and they finished three and one. So, you know, uh, great job by everyone there in Sherrard. Um, and what, what did, you had mentioned it earlier, was the first time they've won just three games outright since 2003? Yeah. In, in, in tw no, in 2013, they won 2013, they went four, okay. they went four and five. And since then, the, the wins have been few and far between. So, to get three wins in a, in a short four game season for them. That's huge. That, that, that's great. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, you shout you out, hope... yeah. Shout out again to the seniors, like you said, for, yep. for, for just having gone through a lot, it's a tough conference. It really is. Yep. Um, and for them to come out of it, uh, this, this session three and one, uh, just all the credit to them. Yep. We'll move down the way here. Farmington gets the win over Kiwani 49 to 20. I believe that's Kiwani's final game of the season, this spring season as well. Yeah. I believe it was. And just kudos to both of those teams. Cause that was a makeup game for both of them. They both lost an opponent there. So kudos to them for, for being able to play one final game. Yep. Kiwani finishes at two and two 
and they had some flashes. They had some signs, um, you know, this year of looking really tough. So we'll see what they can bring back coming into the fall. Uh, last game, or no, I'm sorry, two more games. We got St. Bede goes 35 to 16 over Bureau Valley. Um, the, the name standing out here, Tyreek Fortney for the Bruins, a junior running back scored four touchdowns, three receiving one rushing. So he led the way for them. And Mitch last, but certainly not least rock Ridge gets another big yeah. win over spring Valley hall. And man, it's, it's more Peyton lock and uh deem that, I mean, those are the names that are consistently showing up. Yeah. You see them every, every week in the recaps or in player of the week polls or, or whatever it may be. So yeah, they, they roll again. They were up, I think it was 49 to, to 10 at halftime or something. So they're five and all, I think they take on Monmouth Roseville next week. That's not in my, in my next week's matchups, but I think that's right. Um, and, and no, no disrespect to Monmouth Roseville at all, but Rockridge has a real chance of going six and zero. and who, you know, other than them saw that coming. Yeah. I just think there were so many unknowns that, you know, from a program who had struggled the year before, in 19, I just, I don't think we knew enough. And, and these guys have proven it in it. I, I tweeted out, I tweeted out this week that I'll admit we were, we were sleeping on Rockridge and we, yeah. we didn't talk enough about it and we didn't know enough. And we know now we certainly have yep. learned. So that's exciting. That's an exciting program. And, uh, you know, glad that they're having the success that they are. Mitch, uh, I see St. Bede at Orion on Saturday. That'll wrap up in week six of the Three Rivers, Mississippi. Man, the big one in the Three Rivers, though, Fulton and Princeton. You get, yeah. like you said, some of those names, um, Pessman and, um, you know, Barnett on the Fulton side. And you got Gibson and Rondé Worrells and uh, Davis from, from Princeton. It's yep. just, this is a battle. This is a matchup. As excited as we were for Lee Wynn in Princeton, I might be just a little more excited about this one because they're, you know, in the same conference and now we're later in the year where we've seen kind of what both these teams are. Yeah. Um, you wish, you wish that you would have seen maybe Fulton and Rock Ridge play this year. Yeah. Uh, Cause then that would have really determined who would have won the rock. And then maybe this game would have been the top team in the rock against the top team in, in the Mississippi. So either way, it doesn't matter because both teams are really good. They're both undefeated. Um, and I don't think either one gets a technical conference championship anyway. So uh, bragging rights on the line here. Um, it, it, yeah. An exciting matchup. Uh, and, and one game I did mention, it wasn't listed on, on my notes. It is rock Ridge uh, against Monmouth Roseville. So, um, and, and going back to St. Bede, I should have mentioned it in your game recap. They're either going to play five or, or six games. I'm not sure, but they're going to be either. I think they're three and one right now or four yeah. and one. I think they're yep. four and one and they're only losses to Newman. So a uh, great job for, for St. Bede this year. Yeah, they've, they've looked really good. They've been impressive. Um, should we move on? Lincoln Trail Conference time? Yeah, let's move down. All right. The big one in the Lincoln Trail Conference from last week, Anawan Weathersfield gets the 22-14 win over Mercer County. Mercer County took a 14-6 lead uh, with a minute left in the third quarter on a five-yard touchdown run. Colton Quagliano would lead the way, rallying them back with a pair of touchdowns. He ends the game with 220 yards and three touchdowns. But maybe the play of the game was not in those touchdowns. We talked about yeah. it in, at the top in my viewpoint. The play of the game for me, Anawan Weathersfield trying to wear out the clock late in the game. Colton Quagliano dives headfirst, full-on launches himself to gain extra yardage. He gets hit in air, spun around. Like I said, think John Elway doing the helicopter in the Super Bowl. He sat out for one play, but he did come back in, kept the chains moving, kept the clock moving to seal the win. Man, talk about just laying it all out on the line. It's, it's just awesome to see that effort from a senior, from an all-state athlete like Colton Quagliano. So Anawan Weathersfield is now 4-1. and one. And they will play Princeville next week, who's 4-0. and We'll talk about Princeville yep. in a minute here. But, um, you know, just a huge effort from Anwan Weathersfield. And, um, you know, they looked really good again. Yeah, and, and like we've talked about with both conferences that we've talked about so far, a week six matchup against two really good teams. And this one is no different with Anwan Weathersfield coming in at 4-1. Their only loss is to, is to Ridgewood. And an undefeated Princeville team who uh, – 
I guess we can jump into them winners again over Stark County uh, this week. So yeah, sets up a huge game on Friday night. That's at Anna one. Uh, that's the Anna one Princeville game. Yeah. Let's jump into that. Princeville wins over Stark County 51, 16 Hunter Boland had 233, 231 total yards, three touchdowns quarterback, Sam street matter. Did I get that name right? I believe so. I, I, I mentioned that name last week when I was talking about Principal. So apologies to, to him or anyone in Principal if we, if we mispronounce that one. All but right. We're, well, we're Sam Straight Matter goes for 220 yards and two scores. And also Denver Hoare had 181 yards on eight catches. So great effort from him and great effort from the Princes. Yeah. And, and anyone who might have missed or missed our episode last week, which one, how dare you? Uh, but two. <laughs> Uh, too, I forgive you. These are all names that we talked about on a Princeville team that they all got together in, it was last, yeah, last fall Yep. before they knew if a season was even going to happen, that they would gather in a park, they would play amongst themselves. Their coach didn't know that they were doing it and the results are paying off because they're not only winning, they're winning big. Um, and it, it's the same, the same names every time. Like you said, Hunter Boland is they're all around running back and linebacker. So Huge game uh, in the in the in the conference with the uh, Anna and Weathersfield on Friday. Yep, we'll get to that one in a minute. The last game in the Lincoln Trail Conference, Marquette defeats United forty-eight to six. Man, Marquette looked good again this week. Crusaders offensively scored on their first seven possessions of the game. So I mean, they were just you know they took control of this game and they took it and made it out of reach real quickly. Yeah. Another impressive defensive effort from the Crusaders, holding United to six points. We've seen United put up points this year against Anwan Weathersfield early in the year. Uh, Jake Thomas, who had three interceptions against Ridgewood the week before, he gets another interception in this game. So another great effort from the Crusaders. Next week, we'll kind of jump right into it. Next week, they have Mid-County. Um, I believe Mid-County, yeah, Mid-County lost. Um, Ridgewood bounced back and beat Mid-County 44-14. to So looking at this next week, week six in the Lincoln Trail Conference, it's Marquette um, taking on Mid-County for a chance to go 4-2 and two in the conference. So, yeah. you know, Marquette stepped in, and this is a tough LTC, and Marquette came in and they've held their own. So, um, you know, good luck to them. And also, you know, see if Mid-County can – pull off the upset you know they've struggled this year they they struggled to get on the field early with some COVID issues if mm. they've gotten past that it'd be nice for them to be able to end their season on a big win over a crusader team that lo- looked pretty tough let's keep moving down the way the battle the rivals the county war between mercer county and stark county that'll be at gary johnson field in wyoming i tell you what going to a game at stark county especially when it's a big rivalry game like mercer county that's great. That's an atmosphere that's yeah. really hard to top. So that'll be a good one. Also, the big one, Princeville at Anawan Weathersfield, and the game is actually at Anawan. That's right. another one. Man, if you get a chance to go to a game, no offense to Weathersfield. Weathersfield's great, too. I like going there, too. But a game at Anawan is just – that's small school beauty football right yeah. there. It's it's awesome. So, And yeah. that'll be a great game. That, that'll decide the Lincoln Trail Conference and – Anawan Weathersfield was hoping to go undefeated this year and they weren't able to get that done, but man, he still got a lot to play for here because you can knock off an undefeated Princeville team yep. at the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, and, and conversely, if you're Princeville, you could knock off a very good Anawan Weathersfield team and get, I'm not sure when the last time they won the conference was, but get a de facto conference championship. And that uh, would be uh, an exciting thing. I think for everyone in Princeville. Yeah, yeah, that that's gonna be the that's gonna be the big one out there. All right, Mitch, let's move along. The NUIC, the Northwest Upstate Illini Conference, great small school football, maybe the best one A through two A slash a little bit of three A football in yeah. the state of Illinois when it comes to a conference. And this was a big one. Lena Winslow, fourteen to seven over Galena. This was good, and it came down to the wire. And man, Galena had their chances. They had their yeah. shots. And did it get in? Was it a touchdown, Mitch? It's tough. Yeah, let's even jump back because Galena's undefeated, right? They're taking yep. on Lee, Lee Wynn, who's 3-1 and one going into this game. They score 13 seconds in. It's an 80-yard touchdown, so Galena right away uh, sets the tone. But then the defenses take over. Two really good defensive teams. Uh, kind of they trade some turnovers back and forth. 
Uh, Lee Wynn finally gets a, a touchdown by Jack Setterstorm. Uh, it was an 85-yard drive, a really tough nine-yard touchdown, really tackle-breaking, muscles his way in. I saw that on Twitter. That run was yeah. – yeah, that was great. Yeah, I think, I, think, I think our friend Kyle had a clip of that. And it, it was 14-7 for the majority of the rest of the game, up until about eight minutes or so left in the fourth corner, quarter. Galena's driving. They get inside the five-yard line. Their quarterback rolls left, finds a receiver in the end zone. Maybe it's the game-tying touchdown. There's a flag on the play. The line judge determines that the quarterback was over the line of scrimmage. That's a flag. It's a five-yard penalty and a loss of down. So I think that was third down. So now they they move back five yards to the 10, and now it's fourth down. Now it's fourth and goal. Again, with under 10 to play. I think it was closer to six. Uh, I'm not really sure. In an almost exact same play, the quarterback again rolls left, finds the same receiver in the back end of the end zone. And this is where it gets a little convoluted because I saw a clip of this. I think, you know, again, our, our friend Kyle with NUIC football, uh, it was sent to him and he tweeted it out. It's hard. It's a little hard to tell because it's cropped. Yep. Because when I saw it, I thought that maybe the receiver landed with a foot out of bounds. But when I read Kyle's recap of it, it's more of he caught it with one hand. He goes to the ground, his elbow hits, and he loses the ball. And they call it incomplete. And in high school football, you know, we, we don't have the technology available that we do uh, in, in college or in the NFL. So obviously that would have been looked at if it was any other higher up level of, of football. So it's, it's a gutting way to lose for Galena in a game like that. Cause, and, and again, I, I, when I look at it, I can't really tell. So I don't want to say if he got it or if he didn't, cause I really can't tell. It's tough. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard. It's tough when they, it's tough for me to look at it and it's a slowed down version. So, you know, and this is just a, I guess, advice for anyone being a referee is a hard job, <laughs> you know, and there he's going to get, you know, uh, the, the ref is going to take maybe the, you know, the brunt of the, the blame on it or you know half of the half of the viewing audience is going to say that he made a wrong call that's hard to do in real time it's a bang bang play it's at the end of the game so you know it, it's just a tough way to go it's just the way football is sometimes so Lee Wynn hangs on Galena had a chance to, to score um, later on in that fourth quarter they did get the ball back but Lena stops him so Lena gets the win and uh, they move to four and one and a uh, big game coming up next week too yeah I think still a ton of positive momentum to build on if you're Galena, you know, this one hurts, but man, take it as motivation, you know, yeah. take it into, take it into the fall and know that you were that close and uh, you were that close to knocking off the defending state champions. So yep. I think there's a lot to take away from it. It's such a tough call. I watched it too. And he, he corrals it, he brings it in, but the ball does end up on the turf. So I, it's yeah. just, man, it's so hard. I don't know. That's why, that's why I'm not a referee. I don't yeah, want to make right. that call. It was, it was bang, bang. Like you said, but uh, great game out there. That's what you expect, you know, from the Northwest Upstate Illini against two yep. really good teams. Moving right along, man, Dupec, you mentioned them in your viewpoint. They continue to impress 46-6 to over Eastland Pearl City. Another monster day, you know, on both sides of the ball for the Rivermen. They're yeah. just, they're doing it every, you know, every which way. They look really good. It's a shame, like we talked about with several other teams, they don't get a playoff shot, you know, like I yeah. would have loved to have seen what this team could do. Cause sometimes I think coming out of the NUIC as a three, a team, I think they're undervalued. I think don't yeah. people don't realize how good they are as a three, a team. Cause they play two a and some one a depending on the schedule. So I, I, I would love to see what they could have done. I'm excited to see what they can do next year when there is playoffs, when playoffs are back. Yeah. Let me, uh, let me, I mentioned this in my viewpoint that it was Gabe Howard who had a big day. Yep. Um, and, and obviously, and let me, first, let me say, if you've never seen the Dupac offense, it's very like, I guess a lot of teams do it now. It's very organy, I would say. Because okay, they yep. do a lot of pop passes. They do a lot of jet sweep passes. Um, and not to take anything away from, from Hunter Hoffman, but they do score a lot doing that. Yeah. Um, and, and Gabe Howard hit, was the recipient on a couple this week. But on one of his touchdowns later in the game, it's an 84-yard screen pass that he catches and weaves his way all the way in for the score. Yeah. The best part about that is it was his brother, backup quarterback to Hunter Hoffman, Will Howard, sophomore quarterback, is the one who threw it to him. So a brother-to-brother -brother connection. 
Will gets it to his brother Gabe. Gabe does the rest. 84 yards later, they score. Awesome moment. Yeah, really that's, cool to see. That's really cool. That's a great story. Yeah, that's a ton of fun. They'll, I mean, they'll, they'll remember that forever. So that's very yeah, cool. Yeah, they'll be they'll, they'll be fighting about that at the dinner table as to who made the better play. So. <laughs> yeah, who made who made the play happen? Yeah, exactly. Who's, who really yeah. scored? Yeah, yeah. It goes down as an 81 yard touchdown pass. That's what yeah. the, that's what the sophomore brother can say, right? Yeah. So. uh thanks in part to that and so many other plays and, and we'll get into this in just a second, but sets up the game for the North crown. It's Dupec against Lee Wynn, which I, I had to check cause I wasn't sure if they played or not. Cause I, I didn't know who Dupec had lost to, but that's going to be a really good game. I, I think. Yeah, that's awesome. That's great that they're going to meet up. Let's uh, keep going down the list here and then we'll get into what games are happening in this uh, finale of the NUIC football season. Aquin, another big win 41 to eight over Forreston. Tough battle early on. Defenses took turns causing turnovers. And it was an 8-7 Aquin lead with under three minutes left to play in the first half. And they certainly broke it wide open. Yeah, that's that's when the, the Aquin offense woke up, so to speak. So credit to Forreston for keeping them down as, as long as they could. But it's <laughs> it's a tough task to keep the Bulldogs down. They scored two more times before the half was even over. And, and the route was just on from there. And again, a name that we talk about every single week, Will Gustafson. Goes for 170 through the air, two scores, adds 150 on the ground and three scores. So Jeez. over three over 300 yards and five touchdowns. He adds yeah. to his his record setting. I think I, I'd have to double check with, with Kyle. He is very close, if not already, the top career touchdown uh, getter, I guess is the word in that conference. <laughs> um, but touchdown he's got weapons. Getter. Yeah, touchdown getter. Um <laughs> But he's again, he's got to throw it to somebody. He's got an arsenal weapons. Brennan Carlson gets two touchdowns, and Ty Steichel, his running mate, has over 100 yards again. So, yeah, Aquin, uh, a big win. I think they're the top ranked team now, or the number two ranked team. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk about this in just a second. Maybe, maybe won't have a, a last game, and that's really tough for that team. So, um, hopefully, they can find something here, but uh, they that, that might have been their last game of the year. Yeah, we just saw on Twitter before we started recording here that Aquin is looking for an opponent. So, um, yeah, you know, we'll- there, I, I will say that there was a couple of people that responded pretty quick with teams that were looking. So hopefully they can they can find something uh, again. It, it I hate to say that it doesn't matter because um, it does, but it matters that they just find someone to play. So. Again, the power of Twitter, the power of social media. Hopefully, they get somebody quick, and the coaches can make it work. Because I, I, you know, you would imagine that there's another team that is in the same predicament. Yeah, that has made this year a lot of fun, and we'll, we'll yeah. talk. We'll talk maybe more in general about all of that next week or the following yeah. week when we kind of recap this entire season. But man, Twitter and finding matchups has made this season particularly yeah. interesting and fun. Uh, yep. Moving right along, Milledgeville, fifty to fourteen winner over Amboy. They continued this, you know, great send-off to 11-man yeah. football. Yeah. Da- Damon Miller and Daniel Lonis combined for six scores in the in the win. It was a slow start, but the missiles really turned it on in the second quarter. Damon Miller, like I mentioned, he went for 158 yards and three touchdowns. They're now four and one on the spring, yeah. and they're transitioning to eight-man football. It's important to note Amboy's also transitioning into eight-man yeah. football, but um Man, Milledgeville, they look good. And, and they're, you know, they've in a year that maybe people didn't see this coming, but good for them. Yeah, surprise, surprise team of the conference, I think, uh, that we would say, and, and the experts at NUICfootball.com would say too. So uh, congrats to Coach Roble, uh, old friend, friend of the program maybe, because uh, the missiles just keep keep winning. That's right. He's a, he's a Morrison guy, right? He's a Morrison guy. He's, he's older than I am, but yeah, he's a Morrison guy and he's an Augie guy, so Hey, there uh, we go. To, uh, to both of us, yeah. There, there we go. All right. Well, if he's a Milledgeville guy, then I like him. That's good. Yeah, me, so. right. <laughs> All right. Let's keep going. Stockton gets the 40-6 to six win over East Dubuque. Mitch, what do we see in this one? Yeah, a, a great win for the Blackhawks. Uh, Jason Herman, he led the team. He had 114 yards uh, and a score. Andrew Haas also added two scores. But – as we've seen with Stockton teams, it's a defensive effort and uh, holding uh, East Dubuque to six, led by uh, Case Harmston. He had eight tackles. Blackhawks are two and three. I think they're a little bit better than that. So uh, if they can get one more win, uh, actually, I don't know if they play next week. So if they finish the season at two and three, hopefully this win gives them some momentum going into the fall. 
Yep. The other uh, matchups around the NUIC, the um, crossover game that was uh, a game that was kind of discovered on Twitter, like we talked about. Yeah. Knoxville gets the 26 to 6 win over Orangeville. Rockford Christian gets the big win, 54 to 18 over West Carroll. So let's go through Mitch. Um, oh, a couple more games to reference. Uh, River Ridge gets the 38 to 6 win over Polo, and Hiawatha gets the big win. 68 to six over Ashton Franklin center. So week six, we're wrapping up the NUIC wrapping up all, this is it. This is our last, uh, you know, uh, set up for next week, week six in the NUIC. Let's go down the list. Yeah. uh, We just mentioned two teams that have had good seasons that are looking for an opponent and there's nothing, it didn't happen to me. So I don't, I don't want to say that I've talked to you from experience, but I can't imagine something worse than playing your last game of football without really realizing it, if that makes sense. No, I get it. If if, in a normal, in a normal season where maybe you're, you're going into the playoffs and you're not really sure, but in, in this, you know, spring session where you knew it was going to be six games. And so you're looking forward to six games and even up until Friday night, you're like, okay, you know, we have another game left. And then to come Monday and all of a sudden you don't have an opponent and you think, Oh no, I have already played my last game of football. I can't think of anything worse than that. So um, if, if you're out there listening and you need an opponent, please call Aquin, please call Stockton, <laughs> get those matchups done. Again, uh, uh, looking at Twitter, it looks like there is a lot of activity to get that done. I hope it is. So uh, Stockton and Aquin both looking for opponents. Otherwise, the big one in the conference is Dupac going to Lee win. That's a Saturday game. Um the upstart Riverman against the defending champs and with the North crown on the line, Aquin already has the, the South crown wrapped up. So this one will be the North. Um, and then Galena, which is going to try and, and overcome that tough loss to Lena with a, with a game. They're going to host East Dubuque uh, in the final final and, session here in the spring. And that's a, that's well, a rivalry game, you know, East Dubuque yeah, and Galena. So sure. Galena, you know, looking to bounce back after the tough loss, that'd be a nice one to get a win over their rival in East Dubuque. Yeah, uh, and then in the other division in the South, Amboy going to try and get a, a final win of the season. I guess Rockford Christian, who's coming off of a win. Two teams that came off of losses, Forreston, they're going to EPC. And the crossover game is Milledgeville going to Orangeville uh, on Saturday. Yeah, man, you really hope that Aquin can fight a game. Like you said, I, yeah. you want them to get that one last shot. And, you know, we want to, selfishly, we yeah. want to see that offense one more time. We want to yeah. see them out, you know, doing their thing. So, all right, Mitch, if I put you on the spot, what's the one game you got to watch this week? I think I think you're going to say UT Sterling, so I'm going to say Fulton-Princeton. That's a good call. Yep, Fulton-Princeton's a good call. And uh, I would have said that. That probably would have been where my head okay. went to. But to your point, I didn't want to say the same thing. So you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do want to see Sterling United Township. Here- well, and here's the great thing about week six is you could pick any one of like six or seven games that all have meaningful outcomes to be determined. So it's, yeah. it's great to see. Yeah. And I, I, we've talked about it, you know, the whole season, there is no playoffs. We know that, but man, some of these matchups, I still feel, I feel somewhat satisfied. Like I feel like it's been yeah. a, it's been an interesting season. There's been standout performances. There's been production and teams making moves and teams yeah. getting themselves elevated for next year. I know, you know, we want to see playoffs. We want to see a champion crowned at the end, but I still don't feel as empty as I thought I might heading no. into week six. Yeah. In a season that was full of unknowns for a year, you know, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. I think this was a great season um, and with a week to go. So not to, you know, uh, get all down and out about it, but um, yeah, it's absolutely been full of, of great individual performances, great team performances, surprises from teams and individuals. So exactly what we wanted, exactly what, you know, I would say we, but what the kids needed. So yeah, again, kudos to every single person who made this spring season possible from the players to the coaches, to the IHSA, to anyone who oversaw this effort. Uh, because I think that if you talk to any any player in Illinois, that they would say thank you uh, for the opportunity. Yep, yep, that's true. It's very true. Well, Mitch, that will wrap us up. To anyone listening, 
follow along on Twitter on Friday night. We try to tweet things out, try to tweet up, um, you know, try to tweet some score updates throughout the night and just kind of, you know, we're live streaming as many games as we can and trying to, you know, soak it all in. And especially this week, yep. knowing that this will be the last, uh, you know, week for a while. So it's been a lot of fun. We got one week left and Mitch, we'll be back to talk all about week six and maybe talk about the season as a whole next week. Yeah. Our, our, our superlatives will come out next week, maybe. So absolutely. Uh, we'll have to come up with some, uh, you know, some best ofs. Yeah. So yeah, looking forward to it. Cause like we said, there, there are, there are marquee matchups throughout all the conferences this week. So it's going to be fun. All right, Mitch. Well, that'll do it. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. That'll do it for this week's episode of View from the West. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to go out to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and subscribe so you can follow along and downloads will come automatically every week. You can follow along on Twitter at ViewFromWestPod. You can also email me if you're interested in being a sponsor, ViewFromWestPod at gmail.com. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.